If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Season two of Darkness is a six episode podcast examining a series of package bombs that exploded at homes throughout the Austin, Texas area in 2018. The bombs killed three people and injured six more over a period of nearly 20 days, causing fear to envelop the city during Austin's biggest festival. Hosted by Ashley Miznazi and produced by the Drag Audio Production House, you'll hear emotional stories of resilience from the survivors of these crimes, accounts of pain and recovery from the victims' loved ones, and the questions they still have three years later. The podcast takes a closer look at the efforts of law enforcement officials who work to stop the bloodshed, with interviews with the lead investigators for the FBI, ATF, and Austin police. You'll also hear about how the bombings exposed Austin's racial wounds as members of Austin's black community felt they were being targeted by the bomber and ignored by investigators. Listen to season two of Darkness on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Here we go, here we go, here we go now. Hey, listeners. And a special hey, hi, and hello, hola, and bonjour to all of you patrons out there in those Patreon streets. We got two new patrons that just joined the party. We got Victoria and we got Joe. I want to say Jolene, but I don't see that E in there like the Dolly Parton song. So I'm going to say, hey, Jolene or Jolene. Please correct me in those Patreon streets. Uh, we want to welcome those people to the Patreon party remember to be a patron all you got to do is give one dollar three dollar maybe even five dollars a month if you choose you can check out the link to the patreon in our episode notes and remember thanks for being a great person this show is just built just because we like to have our own little book club and movie clubs we thank you for joining that now let's get started with the show Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci, under the Believe Podcast Network. It's a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy, and staying on the same page in this marriage. Marriage. Today is episode... Will it survive? Will it last? Today... Actually, pull out the Patreon, because the patrons had something to say last time about an argument we were trying to settle. Today, for episode 76, we will be discussing soul the movie soul on pixar it came out a couple years ago and one half of the directing team is kemp powers uh kemp powers is a black anime a black director and he has another work coming out later this year and we're going to be covering that as well now before we get started, last week on the Sci-Fi Sci podcast, Ben and I were discussing if we should put a desk in our bedroom. Amber said no. You can go to view page, page on the side. Amber said no, um, but Ben said yes. And we 
posted that on the Patreon to hear what they had to say. So let's check in with who won that poll. Why don't you, um, Ben is discovering it now, um, but I, I had to make sure that I, I called this out. Because what did the results say, Ben? I said, yes, it's not a big deal. I also store work materials in the bedroom. Five said, yeah. and then, Agreeing with Ben. Yes, and then 10 agreed with you. So what does that tell you, Ben? It tells us that our sample size is too small. Well, le- well, there's some individual comments down there at the bottom. Let's read a couple of those. Shout out to the patrons. Uh, I, I want to clarify. I said yes because that's read how it is. Read their names, okay. Ben. They li- people like right. when you call their names out. Well, I do. All right. So Jazz said it'd be like that sometimes. Right. Uh, Marissa said, I want to clarify. I said yes because that's how it is, but I want it to be no. I think work in the bedroom aids burnout and overworking. We need more slow living. Agree, uh, Marissa yep. and Jazz. Agree. Okay, and this and one's from Chanel. Chanel wrote, I've been working from home for over two years now due to the pandemic, and I have to have a separate space for that. That is not in my bedroom. Although I used I used to have my workstation set up in my living room, but even that led to work feeling like it was occupying too much space in my home. I've been fortunate enough to be able to convert my guest bedroom into my work office. It helps keep my work life and home life balanced. I'm very much all about keeping those two things separate for my mental health. My job requires a lot of brain work. So when I log off at the end of my workday, I literally close the door and treat it like I would the workplace. I'm only in there when I need to be. LOL. And I really like what I do, but I do need that separation. My wife and I don't even talk work once we're in our bedroom. It's led to better sleep and more quality time together. It's our space just for us. See, Chanel and her wife got it figured out. So yeah. what I want you to do is yeah. take some notes here. Are, 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 are you willing to admit that the patrons, A, sided with me, and B, agree that having a work desk in the bedroom ain't the tea? Uh, I'll let me get back to you on that. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you being so stubborn? I have something to confess to you that you were right about. What I, I guess to confess to you and all the listeners, I, well, I'll, I'll confess mine as long as if, if you share one comment on that on uh, the on that data from our patrons who okay, support sure. us monthly. Um, I started watching a TV show on Apple Plus about se- it's called Severance, and basically there is this technology where people go to work and they actually forget their home life, and there's this very clear separation between home and work life. All right, and that actually leads to a lot of unhealthiness. Like, yeah, it sounds horrible. Yeah, it's it's, you know, um, what's the guy from Adam Scott is in it, uh, so looks looks really fun. Uh, can't wait to keep watching that. All right, that being said, this complete separation between work, home, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I need a workstation, not for me to do work, but for me to write. Like, I need a desk, so I'm not right. looking for a workstation. I'm looking for a desk to sit down and write because there's only one place to sit in our house and that's the living room right which is also part of the kitchen the patio once when the summer comes out will be a nice little well, we literally had like reflection five inches of snow this past week so anyway. i'm right is what you're saying sure i think yeah <laughs> i i need a work st- i don't need a workstation i need a writing station i love to write it's my it's my hobby I know, it's my but creativity we're not just about you i i'm the person that we're talking about i work from home full mm-hmm. time and yep. I would like a, a workspace, a, a raven and a writing desk that isn't in our bedroom. But you, work, you work in the bed anyway. I know, but I'm, I'm telling you what I want, what I really, really want. And you're not listening. I'm, I'm listening. So don't have a desk, but that's still not... I think a desk in the bedroom would be better for the... Ma- writing a desk in the bedroom would be better than doing work in the bed. Because I'm like, I try to go to sleep and you're actually working in the bed. 
All right. If you want to be stubborn, Nisha, about it, that's fine. I'm not stubborn, Nisha. You are stubborn, Nisha. I'm not a stubborn, Nisha. That's her name. First of her name, stubborn, Nisha. Well, I am, uh, am, am going to be the bigger person today and admit that I was wrong about something. Are you ready for it? I feel like I need a little jingle right here. Maybe I'll go through a little jingle in editing. Like, do, do, do. Amber was wrong. Ben? What were you wrong about, Amber? Hold my hand. I have something God, to say to you. so dramatic. I married um, an actress. This is what happens. A baby, thespian. You, baby. You're a thespian. Baby, I was wrong about that Epsom salt. I know. You bought an eight-gallon bucket of Epsom salt, and we're halfway through it. Yeah. And we only opened it about two weeks ago. Because you need your baths, and it's been very helpful for you. I knew what I was doing. Baby, I was wrong. Yeah, I would have had to keep going back and forth to the store. And I really appreciate you for just making sure I take daily baths for all of my muscles and body aches. I do yeah, appreciate that. Because I'm the shit. Well, you're... I am wrong about a, a lot of things. You're a little things. turd. I, okay, I think having a, I think doing work in the bed is wrong. And I think not wrong is unhealthy. And I think having a desk in the bedroom is also unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So we shouldn't have a desk in the bedroom. You also should stop doing work in bed. I agree. And you should do. But, but a desk would aid and abet me. Yes. Uh, we need a desk in this room. We need a desk in Wild's room and we can arrange it in such a way. We need we a new house. Best. I don't know. We don't need a new house. We have tons of space. Well, I People want her to have, have like, a backyard one day. It's it's one of those things. Yeah. Anyway, how have you been today? Uh, what a switch. We only had like three or four fights today. That was pretty good. <laughs> we haven't That's fought at good. all today. Well, I was overwhelmed I about trying to do our taxes yeah, because yeah. I have... But I a million 1099s and 1099 miscellaneous and Ks and ABCs and W3s and 2s and 4s. Um, we have a month to get it together, and that is more than enough time. I know, but I'm supposed to be in full sloth mode right now, and I'm sitting here gathering You're all sitting this on the couch. All this paperwork. You're sitting on a couch. Not to but say I'm still that you're, working. You're, you are See, still working. You'd be yeah. devaluing me. Maybe not, maybe the desk oh, will help you. Oh, got it. Maybe the desk will help you see I'm my not, job as a real thing. Uh, no, I'm not devaluing you at all. Well, why would you say, well, you're on a couch? I'm saying that mm. you can still do this work, even though. Okay, so the, the situation is that What's you the felt situation? What's the situation? You, you felt stressed out that you had all this tax stuff to do and that you just really want to sit down and relax and that you don't really have the power to do this on your own. And I want to point out a couple of things. One, you do have the power because you do have the organization. And two, that, you know, it's not physically demanding work, so it's not requiring you to walk around. So you're able to do this. I know. And, but and I don't, don't want stress to do out. It. Yes. I'm going to do it, but, but I don't were, want you've to been, do You were really stressed out. I was like, just, will you have the time? You ha we got a new couch that was recently put together, so I feel really happy about that. I thought I was going to have to put it together, <laughs> but turns out I didn't have to put it together, so that was amazing. I was like almost about to cry because I you had, were see I, why you I had a shelf. I put together the shelf. It took me like five days to do. It was so stressful. <laughs> I think I got drunk doing it. I was like putting it together drunk. It's like this is not the way to put together home furniture. That's probably why it was harder to put it together, man. I know it was. Oh, it was so Ow, exhausting. I'm oh, sorry. At this point, you're just hurting me now. Oh, I'm just trying to. Get if that if you're tension. watching the YouTube, Vin is massaging me in a very painful way. Sorry. How have you some... been? Have you had a good day today? Have I had a good day today? Yes, yeah. we watched 
one of my favorite Pixar movies, so that was nice. I haven't really done anything else for myself. It was just clean, clean, work, work. And then Amber, it was sort of hard because you were telling me all the things I haven't done while I was doing things. (laughs) And you're like, you're disorganized. You haven't completed tasks. I'm like, I'm trying to complete tasks right now as you're yelling at me. And I was like, oh, she's just projecting her own anxiety and stress onto me. And I'm not going to let this affect me. Perhaps. But also... Me complaining about something is what prompts you to do it, Benjamin. I was literally up I'll before be like, you working. I know. I'll be like, look at all this laundry we got. You're like, oh, look, I should get started on the laundry. So so you can't say like the passive things are... Passive-aggressive co- is all shit. Yeah. How is, how is passive-aggressive, look at all this laundry we got to do? Is that passive-aggressive? Mm-hmm, it is, yeah. I thought passive-aggressive was like taking the laundry and then like physically putting it right in front of the person. I mean, that's saying. next level passive-aggressiveness. I feel like I'm just aggressive-aggressive. I'm like, look at all this laundry we have to do. Can you do it? How is that passive-aggressive? that's not. I think if you ask me, can you do it? Yeah, different. but here's, here's the kicker. <laughs> here's the punter. Are you sweating? I'm always sweating. You ever been fucking pregnant? Not yet. You just sweat looking at people. You ain't nervous. You ain't upset. You just, you're seated and you're well, sweating. Well, you, you are upset. I'm not upset with you right now, but I, it's just like, you're like a student who I'm like, hey, student, get back on task. And you're like, well, I was getting to the task, but you saying it is making me not want to do the task. It's like, sure. Or I'm like the get, student working on one project and then you're like, work on this late project. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to do this other project. You're like, well, I'll work on this late. Pro-. And then while you're working on the late project, make sure you start your homework. As no, well. you're the student who hasn't submitted tasks all week. And then at the end of the week, it's like, well, how can I raise my grade? It's like, have you done the the regular work? Do Go do that. And you're like, well, I was going to do those. But what what else can I do to raise my grade? You're like, the work. <laughs> that's that's what you no, can do. No, I was working. I was working hard today. And you woke up stressed out. Which in turns, I was like, oh. This is the kicker. Again, here's the thing. Damn, we, we got to talk about this movie. You don't hear when I thank you, when I congratulate you. I just told you I was dead ass wrong yeah. about the Epsom salt. Great. I just you acknowledged that you de-escalated me when I was I stressing about my taxes. I did. I thanked you for that. I was like, Ben, you are well, a great partner, so and I the, really appreciate you for. And you'll be like, Well, you didn't, you didn't know. So that here, here's the thing. Here's the thing that. Uh, What's um, the thing? This the show. The name of show needs to be called. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> is that you will hyper focus on negativity and talk about it for an hour, where you'll you'll give a single sentence thank you to me. No, because when I start thanking you, what you do is say like, oh, it's fake anyway. Just wait for something else. Like you just do wait I for say the other that. Sh- yes, you do. You'll be like, don't do. I'll be like, I really appreciate you doing this to me, Benjamin. Don't don't put a judgment value on it. Just just acknowledge that I did it. It's like, yeah, that <laughs> sounds like me. That's exactly what you say. So I say, oh, Ben, this kitchen's so clean. You did a good job. Why are you putting judgment values yeah, on what it, I do? It sounds, it's like, oh, yeah, you're go. right. When I hear like good jobs, it sounds like demeaning. It sounds patronizing because I'm like, of course I would do what a good your, job. What is your, so you, so here we go. I don't, I don't want praise. Okay. So what the hell you want? Cause you, you, you don't, you don't want a negativity. You don't I want negativity. Want you don't want praise. I don't know what you want. Actually, can you get my back? You get I'm not backer. about to give you a full back besides during this podcast. Okay, let's walk. This is we gonna role play real quick. 
No, we got to talk about this. No, movie. we got role play. I'm Ben. I just cleaned the whole kitchen. You're Amber. You walk in. I'm like, cleaning. Yeah. You walk in and you say. Wait, who's who? You're Ben? We're switched. Yeah, oh, are we role, switched? We're role okay, play. I wasn't listening. You weren't listening to me I got on our Im- podcast. I got an improv show tonight. And I, I got, know. I'm excited. I'm I got to make sure. And I'm very excited. I, I don't want to step outside of my house, but I'm coming tonight to see you perform you on a stage. You do not want to step outside That I house. used to be on stage at. And now yes. you've taken my place I've there. Taken You're your holding place. down the Wallen household. Okay, I am here's representing. And patrons, we're going to put this in the Patreon as well. We're gonna put a, a chain of of ways I should praise Ben because his problem I is he feels praise. like good. He feels like me saying good job is patronizing. So I'm you. Value judgment. Value judgment. Yeah. Well, I, I will put this in the Patreon. Avoid We're gonna read. value judgment. Avoid value judgment. Okay. So I'm cleaning. I just cleaned the kitchen. Yeah. You're Amber. Your your back hurts. You're carrying this man's child. You just walked in the kitchen. Go. I notice that the countertop doesn't have crumbs on it. Thank you. What is this? Is this serious? Wait, I'm I'm just waiting for you to say something about the rest of the kitchen. And would I notice that you left your clothes in the bathroom? And and I just want to point out that I said something nice to you first before I went in with the negativity. So what do you want me to do, Amber? You want me to clean the kitchen? You want me to pick up the clothes? I'm working. I'm working. Wait, is that? I, I don't know. What are we doing? right now you're you're saying what you want me no, to no say. i know i know i know but that's how no you no no i respond. was saying i was pretending to be like what what are we doing right now <laughs> no no that that was i was oh, still saying. you yeah you would say that like what are we doing right that's now horrible. i gave you i gave you a compliment like can't you just take the compliment i say what are we doing right now yeah well, what are we what are we even doing right now I don't think you understand what the exercise is. So you, you, so, you so will just say to be clear, that. you want me to say, I noticed there I'm, were crumbs I'm, on the counter and I, they, now they're not there. I appreciate you. Yeah. Or you, you don't even that have to say appreciate you. Okay. you. Yeah, honestly, don't even say anything. Just be like, hey. So you don't want any praise. I want you to come in and say, hey, baby, you rocked my world last night. Well, you could have just said that in the role play. Why didn't you just say that in the role play? I, I, had to, I have to... Take it and, and also takes that a moment you, to get into your shoes, Amber. <laughs> that will require you to rock my world every night. In that scenario, is that, that a, scenario, is that a task you're up to do? I can rock your world every night. Okay, you gonna do that? I'm gonna do that every night, every other night. You know, at this level of my pregnancy, rocking my world is like a threesome between me, Ben, and Jerry's. Mm-hmm. So, can you do that? Can you handle cold that? Ice cream. Remember that one time where you ate ice cream and gave me a blowjob? It was like really cold. See, we're not gonna talk about this because in a minute you're gonna be like, uh, I can't, I can't play this because people at my job listen to this podcast. So I'm not gonna talk about the ice cream and the, oh, the job. Yeah, everyone should try that if you're like, I don't know if you're having. Was that not a good idea? No, it was. Or a great, wasn't it? was it like was. a weird idea. It was a, not weird. It was. It wasn't weird. It was. It was just different. Like was it, was, it, good? it was yes an no? actual threesome with Ben why, and Jerry. My why, point was it's it an was actual a foursome th- technically with you. <laughs> So every time, so are you telling people that they should try the blowjob with the ice cream? Yes sure. or no? Yeah, eat some ice Did cream. Did you get enjoy a it or not? I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a little tingly. It's tingly. You should wash yourself out. Any sex, any food sex, you should wash yourself. Like food, a mouth, or I don't know. I don't know. I, actually, I don't should, be wasting my Ben and I Jerry's. I can Google, eat it on its own. I can eat that shit on its own. I should Google if that's healthy. <laughs> it's probably not. like. 
strawberry cheesecake ice cream during blowjob you're gonna maybe Google like that. a yeast infection if i was going down on you like while eating i don't know would you want See, would, would you want ice cream in your vagina anyway we would like to uh you want to move on to apple podcast ratings oh my god just wait got- hold up i the last thing science fiction related uh is shining girls was which was a book that me and you read mm-hmm not um, a black author but go keep going yes it is a south african author she um lauren uh Bukas, and she mm-hmm. puts lots of um black characters in her books and she wrote a book called that doesn't mean she's black even her know, being south she, african doesn't but mean she, she's black she, she's, she's a white woman she's, yes she's a goat, she though. has she's great. she has sensitivity readers anyway like well people, you're trying to you're trying to justify it you're like i'm like she's not black well she's south african <laughs> No, I wasn't. I'm sorry. I, oh, sorry. That wasn't in down. response to that. Oh, it okay, was okay. in response to like who who she is, like what her she's South. She's a South African white woman. Got it. And she writes a lot about apartheid. And yeah. I wrote her a message like way back when. And one of her books is now a TV show with Elizabeth Moss. It's sure. really great. And she wrote me like she wrote me a long message back. You know, Amber can see it. When but, did she send you that? Uh, so I wrote this to her a long time ago, uh, at the, sort of the beginning of the pandemic. Give us dates. In man. April 5th, 2020. <laughs> uh, she but wrote she, you back two years later? Yeah. she Shining Girls takes place in Chicago. And she was telling me part of the reason I chose Chicago as the setting was because it felt so similar to where I grew up in Johannesburg. In fact, South Africans apartheid government came out to Chicago to learn how to do segregation more effectively. Wow. When did she write that back to you? Uh, April 5th, 2020. So you're talking about... Two years ago. But I just found out her her that book that I had read and wrote like a fan girl message to. Okay. She That book that we, we both read, we, we liked, that has now just recently been turned into Sorry, an Apple I was Plus mis- movie. <laughs> I was like, are you sitting here and reading an email that you received two years ago on our I'm, Black Sci-Fi Fantasy I'm just, Podcast? I'm just, just saying cause. this was a book... That has now even blown up even bigger, but I think Got it's it. a testament to how the science fiction and fantasy community works. Is that you read a book, you really like the book, and you can reach out to the authors, yeah. and that's that kind of like personal engagement. A lot of people think that is something that social media is only happens in social media, but I'm telling you, the science fiction community has, in the Star Trek community, has always been about that. All the Star yeah. Trek actors have they go to cons, they respond to fan mail, literally. Um, you know, uh, uh, Brent uh, Brent Spiner, who played, um, uh, uh, oh my God, my, my brain, it's, uh, uh, mm, this is embarrassing. I know it is. I'm so Brent. Oh my God, why am, is this a black person? Data. Wow, d- Data. My it's pregnancy not. brain. So he plays Data <laughs> in uh, in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Brent Spiner. I listened to an interview with him recently and he would respond to all, basically all fan mail. So before like comments and creators responding back, mm-hmm. science fiction, you know, writers and Star Trek um, actors, they were doing this. You yeah. Know, so what's your, your call to action? I, to I think for me, like for those, our listeners, like write us um, uh, reviews, you know, that it means a lot to us, I think. And we're sort of taking that idea of science fiction fandom and we're trying to keep that incorporated in this podcast and um we get you know it's more difficult with comments on like tiktok and instagram it's hard to respond there yeah i agree but like we're going to definitely make it a priority to respond to um especially like the, this podcast i love that we so, me you yeah the baby wild we'll 
shovel some work off to her. Oh my god, I cannot wait I until she becomes the the social media intern. <laughs> that's That'd be great. Her, her her first reading lessons are going to be like TikTok comments. It's going to be fun. Well, with that being said, babe, why don't you read the Apple Podcast rating that yeah. we have? I think you saw, you found one in the queue. Yeah. So this is from Mimas on. Uh, and the title is My Favorite Couple. I love this couple so much. I love this podcast even more. My husband and I listen to it on while doing homework and while on road trips. Hope for a safe delivery and a healthy baby. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. See, like, I what love homework? this shit. What I'm, homework? I'm, I'm always curious. Like, I've just been out of school for so long. Uh, I'm always curious about what homework, homework people are doing. Like adults? What? Yeah, like probably PhD, master's. Or bachelor's even. Bachelor's. Are you married with a bachelor's degree? Love it. We love to see it. All right, Ben, you want to take a quick break? Oh, please. Hmm. I need water. So that wasn't negative. Can I drink that, your water? So that can wasn't I drink negative. out of your water bottle? Yes, you can. We're going to take a quick Thank break. Thank you. Love you. Before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves, to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and it focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward your goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons that help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom weight users finished the program and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe. And we're back. So we watched Soul together, the Disney Pixar film. It uh, was one of the films that went straight to Disney Plus, which was sort of a a a, um, a gamble, and it did pretty well. And the film is about a middle school band teacher who uh, is uh, waiting for his big break to be a jazz pianist, and when he finally gets it. He dies, which is so very sad. And it's not a spoiler. Well, there will be spoilers to everything. But it happens very quickly in the movie. And he's about to go to the great beyond, but he escapes. And he finds this is where souls come from. And he becomes a mentor uh, for uh, pre-born souls. And the movie sort of takes place from there. Uh, Pre-born souls who are given numbers. And so his name is uh, Joe. Yeah, Mr. Gardner. Mm-hmm. Mr. Gardner. Mr. G. And he is, he has to work with 22, which is a soul that Abraham Lincoln can't get through, which Mother Teresa can't get through. No one can really get through 22. And because 22 is just a, a, a hot mess. And uh, it goes off from there. But all right. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite Pixar film because of the questions it asks. And one of my favorite things to think about is the 
spiritual concept of the soul, which I do not believe, but I think it's a fascinating idea to believe in a soul. And one of the big questions that I think about is, um, when does ensoulment occur and what are the like sociological impacts based on when you believe the ensoulment occurs? Mm, So I got you. So, I mean, it's kind of a loaded question. It is a loaded question and it has like these ridiculous repercussions. So let me, let me give you some of the theories of where each religious belief, um, understands ensoulment. Okay. So when the Puritans came over, <laughs> I already the, know where this is going. Where the Puritans came over, do you need me on the show? Can okay, I, can I go take a nap? Well, tell me what you think about this one. Okay. So when the Puritans came over to the New World, you know, um, and if a baby died within like uh, it, before it took its first breath, you buried it in the back next to the dog. If it took one breath, right, then you gave it a proper burial, because as soon as it took its first breath. It was, you know, inhaling its soul. Mm-hmm. Isn't that just like a bizarre thing? Yeah, but I also think it's maybe as someone going through their own gestational period right now, I think more that probably had more so to do with like health and mortality versus health, mortality, and psychologically dealing with that as mm. opposed to religious. I mean, I know the Puritans were very religious, but back then like like if medicine was just as good now as it was then I, yeah. I i wonder how that philosophy would have differed because you wouldn't like your your rate of a stillborn wouldn't be as high of a rate as, whereas then it was like 50 50 exactly you know? and and so when the you know early judaism they believed 30 days after the baby was born mm-hmm Right, they, and, it, the, the baby had a soul after thirty days. Yeah, thirty okay. days after that was which, early Judaism. Yeah, which you know, infant mortality rate is even higher back then, right? And so right. this idea of like protecting the mother, and then it wasn't really until like the nineteen fifties where people started, you know, believing ensoulment occurred at inception, right? right when like, the sperm, <laughs> when the sperm and the egg, egg came made together, contact, right? And then this that thing was had a soul. The, okay. that thing had a soul, and around that same time what sort of comes out oh this whole anti-abortion anti-abortion movement and that is so fascinating and i think this like movie which is supposed to be a kid's movie but it's exploring this concept Mm -hmm. of a soul and there's some like really intense you know repercussions when you start to think of a soul as an actual thing And and the film doesn't actually show ensoulment like when it occurs, they yeah, just shows it's like the all these little. So- well, the soul at that point is separate from the person until right. they come together as one. So it could happen as a baby. It could happen when you're 60 years old. I, and I think, I think this movie specifically is has. This is going to become a very heady conversation, but I think this movie specifically, the soul is really uh, a metaphor for a passion. Mm. So I and I know you believe in passion. Right. And I know you believe in personality and passion. But in this movie, the soul is synonymous with that. It's like as they are in this bubble where they're training souls how to be, some are like, I'm a megalomaniac. Like, mm-hmm. So I know you believe that there are people who are narcissists, 
even though you don't believe in a soul. Does that right. make sense? So I think like like how would you define what a soul is? You personally. Uh it, not how it, the movie did it. Right. I well be I non-existent. Like I don't believe in a soul. So what the movie the movie makes the decision that a true personality comes from the soul. And actually right. now that you say that, you get into some really icky situations because what you're doing is you're removing physical identity from that personality so all your personality really comes from your soul like right. who you are is which your is soul. how i think of a soul like i think of a soul as warm and if, I, if i'm describing my own soul well you know in yeah. your opinion cold <laughs> i think of a soul as like my soul is like warm and comedic and right. uh caring and overthinking and crybaby at times and you're saying like a soul is non-existent and it's like, well, well, how would you describe my personality? Like that's kind of what I just described. So Got it's it. more of a, a definition difference, but you, but you believe in personalities. I do. Yes. Which but is I think a, it's like a soul is a more nuanced, like a personality, like, like you, be, you know, our child will have a personality, right? But you don't think our child will have a soul. Correct. So, so it's just like. I think it's just semantics at this point, like what, like what you think a soul is. Okay, so right. it's for me, it's not semantic. It's this well, idea that there's a soul is this, different from a personality. Right. So a personality is how you perceive yourself based on your cognitive capabilities, your ability to. Okay, think. let me let me process what you just said. How you perceive yourself and how others perceive you and how others perceive you. That's a result of your personality, which has to do with your physicality, and your brain is part of your physical structure. Look up the definition of a soul real quick, would you? Because I'm right. not, I'm just not saying what the difference between like so, when passion meets personality versus a soul. Right. So what happens Look in the up film? The definition real the, quick, would you? Yeah. Uh, so would you? W- what this movie makes the decision is that your soul is separate from your physical body, and right. when that happens, then who you are physically has nothing to do with your identity. So what happens is 22 and Joe, and sort of the big inciting incident, is that Joe sort of escapes from the, you know, the afterlife with 22, and Joe falls into a cat, and the cat's soul is, like, sent to the great beyond. There's, like, a very quick clip of, like, the cat, like, going up to the great beyond, and then 22 goes into Joe's body, who is a black man, right? right. And so... What this does is that the twenty-two is now her or their her identity is now being moved in throughout Joe's body. So, uh-huh. like the body doesn't really matter, right? It's the soul that matters. But it's the soul that needs the surgery. It's the Sorry, soul. Sorry, I had to go for it. You had to. All I right. like. I like. Okay, read both of those. So, soul, according to Google, says the spiritual or immaterial part of a human being or animal regarded as immortal. So, the spiritual or immaterial part. And I don't believe there's any part of us that isn't physical. There's no other separate entity to us. Like, I don't buy into what you call like dual dualism okay like, now read the second definition because uh, I, I like that one emotional or intellectual energy or intensity especially as revealed in the work of art or an artistic performance see i would i would sort of lean into that definition right so what so what's and then it says similar things it's like passion emotion animation 
So you believe in the, I, I think I'm defining soul is that emotional and intellectual yeah. energy. Right. So you believe our child will have emotional and intellectual energy. Yeah. I would hope so. So perceived through the but brain. But you don't believe our child will brain. have a spiritual part. No, no. Okay, well, that's where we differ. Yeah. Okay. And, and then my problem, you get in some really sticky situations, is that if you believe that, then you can, you know, it allows you to believe in possession. Because essentially, this is, Soul is a possession movie, right? It's not a horror film, but it's a possession film. And, there, okay. you know, I think it's helpful to see it as a possession film. And because of that, it asks some, like, really fascinating questions, right? Like, 22 can be a black man in this world right right but like and and joe can still have part of his body still have part of his idea has his identity without his his black human body so you don't think there are any people that are have maybe like two spirits in them or two energies in them i think all right so so now you get into like like um gender identity right and so when people I talk was talking about more about like bipolar disorder or but gender identity as well or well, like yeah, well, uh, two spirit, two spirit in like indigenous a, cultures or something. Would, yeah. And I that becomes some like we use these metaphors to describe like um, physical characteristics. Right. So like we you can use two spirit to talk about a very real physical identity. Right. Yes. So it becomes a metaphor. But what this film does it there's a c complete separate alternate reality in which souls exist mm -hmm. and they come into bodies so bodies are just emptiness without a soul you've never met somebody that was like a shell of themselves of their former selves yeah and i would i would relate that to you know traumatic brain injury or to trauma that relates to a physical part of their body okay well i mean sure no. <laughs> I just agree. Like I don't know yeah. what's a. I'm. I mean, I'm not gonna fight you on something you don't believe. Well, in. well, here's the thing for you who does believe in a soul. When do you think like the soul enters a human body? Um, I think when they really try their first French fry, something amazing happens there. That's not a real answer. I think. I think in in my world, a soul is this evolution of your personality like okay. starting as a little piece of you or who you inherently are and then just growing bigger and bigger and bigger so i just think like obviously when our child is born they're like maybe the first time they they taste ice cream mm -hmm. or they hear music like i think that's when their soul is slowly starting to and their personality and their emotional energy is slowly starting to like become sparked and curious and then that's going to grow into something larger so do you believe so the soul can grow correct yeah okay does the soul have like a definite starting point um if it does i don't think i know what that is okay or so because I think some I mean, I think for some people that separate well, from the OK, yeah, sorry. Yeah, go for it. Can I say something? Yes. Can I sing to you? Can I sing to you? I think that can start at different times for different people. Like, I, I think there are people that go through half of their life without having getting to tap into a that. soulless person. Yeah. I mean, they're just like a, a person without who just hasn't been introduced to their passion and their energy and really found who they are in the world. Like maybe that happens once you move out of your house or whatever. But, um, I, 
I think it can be cultivated at a young age or, or I mean, I don't know. Who's to say Mozart didn't hear some, well, he was deaf. Horrible. Horrible. No, Beethoven. Beethoven was a yeah. thank you. Who's to say Mozart didn't hear music in the womb and then it, and then it started there, you know? Like, I don't know. I think I, it, it could start when he was 33 week fetus or it could start when he was 33 years old. Uh, like, so it, it could be. I see what you're saying. So soul in, soul in this movie is sort of that thing, that passion. Like it becomes mm-hmm. like this metaphor for like that passion. Right. Where I'm sort of really approaching this film in a very intensely like very intense, religious, right? spiritual, like this is getting into like deep theological questions. I know, this but film you have is- to acknowledge that the movie did their best to keep it sort of non-denominational. Like they didn't call it heaven or hell. It was yeah. very like the great beyond. Well, yeah, he, he at one point, Joe is like, am I in H-E double hockey sticks? And all the little souls, they're very cute. They're uh, like, hell? Hell, 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 hell. hell. <laughs> and it's a very standard um, sort of a little kid thing to do. It's like you you hear a word that adults are implying you shouldn't say, and of course you're going to say it because it's a new word. You want to taste the new word in your mouth. Yeah. I love it. I can't wait to teach wild curse words. Well, it's going to be awesome. You like, better not be like when I first like that. It's like, like, Correct use of cunt, correct use of bitch. Benjamin. But like. Somebody's going to call DCFS before we even have this baby. Let me so, tell you this. Okay. Also, cunt is not a bad word for me it, because after a sense, I'm I aware. watched the I've vagina monologues. I've before and I'm like, cunty, damn, relax. But, but cunty is like a good But thing. that's not what you call them though. You'd be like, God, this lady in Whole Foods was such a cunt to the employee. No, that's a bad, th- I would, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm aware. I'm I'm saying that's the context you typically use it in. No, I do not. That was a horrible faking it. Let that me say is this. bad. That is, if I'm doing that, then I am wrong and I should be canceled. You should be. You, the, I think the another thing that the the movie taps into that is really fun is the fact that like your parent <laughs> will fuck up your soul and, or or like not see when your soul is like in the zone and passionate about something and, and how that lingers with you for a long time. Like I, I think, especially if you grew up in a black home or just like insert ethnic home here or, or anything like I, I've heard like Catholic people have a lot of guilt. Like there are things oh, that our parents, yes. Yeah. Like there are things that our parents have done or said that still we, we one day thought like, okay, when I move out, when I move out at 18, I'll be free from this. And then nope, one day you look up at, and you're 30 fucking one and you're like, God damn it, mom. Like, just let me be an influencer, which yeah. of course she's all on board with now. But yeah, this movie made it a little bit easy with that question. Like, how do you counter your parents' expectations for your life? Because Joe's mom is very, she wants him to have a job that has health care, that has benefits. And he's been, you know, a part-time middle school band teacher forever. And finally, he has the opportunity to work full-time middle school band, which, by the way, um, schools are, like, cutting the arts all the time. And so there's this great scene when the principal is, like, giving Joe the hiring letter. It's like, you know, we finally got you on. And that that would be such a huge deal for a school to get a full-time band teacher. I mean, that's amazing. And they did a really good job sort of timelining how long Joe has been a part-time band teacher. Yeah. Because one of his former students, Curly, was a young little kid yeah. in, like, sixth grade when he was Mr. Garner's student. And then Curly is who later calls him with a job opportunity 
when he's an adult. So it, it you're you're looking at somebody who's been in this role for at least ten years, or 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 it seems that way. But I mean, also, you know, if they made Soul Two, I'd love to get it in his. I'd love to see a remake of this movie from his mother's perspective because she probably has been footing the bill for a lot of shit. Yeah, like, like we're not gonna sit here and vilify this black woman Absolutely for being not. like, do you have a job with benefits? Goddamn, because I just supported your father. He passed away, and now I'm gonna have to support you. So. It's not that I don't want you to go achieve your dreams. It's just I want you to be secure when I when I go to the great beyond. Yeah, absolutely. How do you feel about jazz in general? You like jazz? I like jazz. I wouldn't say I'm a huge, you know, like it's nice to hear, but yeah, like what? what I, I don't know any. Like I'll I'll know like the ones everybody knows, like Miles Davis, but I don't. I I, I wouldn't hear something and be like, oh, that's signature. This maybe maybe I would know Kenny G. Oh. Hit it that way. Hit it that way. Bless you. What What do you think about jazz? I love it. I remember watching this entire documentary about jazz pianist. And like, that was my first introduction to like Fats Waller. And I love saying pianist. Um, I love, love jazz. It's like, you know, I, I love the flow of it. I love the book by Toni Morrison. I love the improvisa- improvisational Playing improvisation, improvisation, improvisation. You're just saying that the same way. I think it's improvisational. Improvisational. Right. Good job. Thank you. Improvisational. Good job. Well, I can't say. I was seeing the words in my head, and I said improvisational correctly. Improvisational. Uh, Nature of it. I love it. It's it's so fantastic. I love Victor Wooten jazz. you know, electric bass player who does also funk. And I love the history of it. Like uh, Archibald, um, what's his name? The the guy who, who did the paintings of all the Southside uh, jazz clubs and in, in, um I know Chicago. who you're talking about, but I just don't know the artist. Archibald well. Motley, uh, amazing paintings. They have his originals um, at, at the Art Institute and uh, just everything about it. And there's this really great scene where... Joe is reflecting back on his father taking him to his first jazz club and he doesn't want to go there. Right. Mm. And he's like, I don't want to be here. And he gets in and he's like, this is the best thing ever. A soul is born. A soul is born. A passion that's, that's born. yeah. I think that's a, that's a different way of using it that I haven't I thought of it. That's the way everybody uses it, but you. That's not true. I think people often think of soul in the more spiritual, religious kind of aspect. I think like your soul, eternal your... damnation type of thing. Mm, I, I agree with you there. I, I think after this movie, people looked at a soul as more of a personality and a mm. passion. I think it's like when spirituality meets passion. But there are some things where I'm like, I'll be working on something and I'm like, I just feel like in my spirit, like this is what I was meant to do. And this is how I was meant to create. I feel very connected in that way. Was there, was there anything that you were introduced to that you weren't really crazy about? And you're like, I don't really want to do this, but then someone, maybe someone that you love, like introduces this thing to you. You're like, actually that was really beautiful and really great. And I really appreciate you introducing me to this has that like ever happened in your life like mm-hmm. yeah musicals you oh really yeah like the first time i realized a play could be sung all the way through it was oh, pretty wow. much a horrible day for my parents after that wait it, it was downhill for there for them wait really what is this story 
No big story. Well, okay, there there are two big musicals that I saw as a kid that like really saved me. I guess not saved me, but up until that point, like the only music I knew that I could really be a part of at a realistic level was singing at church, right? At church music. So if you're a young kid and you love to sing, when are you actually getting to like grab the mic and sing in front of an audience? Likely at church, right? Uh, and so or you, you'll hear Destiny's Child on the radio, but you're like, well, I'm never going to get to do that, but I can sing at church. And then my mom um, introduced me to like, you know, Annie, the musical as a child. And I was like, wait, what? Like people can sing and talk on stage. Like what a, this is What a insane. fascinating like discovery, right? You're mm-hmm. like, wait, people. Yeah. And then that one must have been my, earth shattering. Oh, earth shattering. And then one of my white friends one time in elementary school um, invited me. Oh, there were three bit musicals, I'll say. So it was Annie. My parents introduced me to that, which was a horrible thing for them. Because obviously every time I was asked to do anything, like think about like waking up in the morning, brushing my teeth was like, it's so a hard knock. Yes, everything. This is like little Amber. Oh, hell yeah. And in the shower belting like, don't it feel like the wind is always howling. <laughs> like, you, can't you see me at age seven? Yeah. And mom's like, shut the fuck up. I can't wait for Wild to annoy us with her singing. <laughs> So my parents introduced me to Annie. Uh, if Wild can't sing, I'll be so sad. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, like if she can't sing, so can it just like, be a secret between you and I? Because yeah, what we're not like, going to do is tell her she can't. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, it's gonna. She. Gonna, it's, it's gonna we're be not bad. Assholes about it. Yeah. <laughs> she's like tone deaf. Yeah, she's like her. You know father. what? Father, we're gonna look. Now the second. I can literally get tune a violin on my own. Okay, match my tune right now. Me, 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 me. Do you really feel like we're singing the same note right now? No, I'm harmonizing, motherfucker. No, okay, sing the same note. It's me. 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 <laughs> okay, one more time. Me. <laughs> I want you to. I want you to match. You can't my even note. do it. I want you to match my note. I'm gonna match your note. Me. <laughs> you're not even holding it long enough for me to because i always just like, want to harmonize me, me. okay you want to harmonize me here we go uh, here we go do uh la no. now harmonize that note la no. man, man you don't hear yourself no i'm, I'm doing <laughs> i was doing a minor thing I was doing a dis. I was trying You're to be, be like, discordant, la, like up there. I I could like, if you wanted me. La, I you told me to harmonize okay, and I harmonized. La, la. <laughs> so we'll be uh. <laughs> if Wild can't sing, we'll keep it a secret. <laughs> okay. Let me get to the three musicals real quick that, that really gave young Amber a soul. First, it was Annie. Annie. Then one of my my white friends invited me over to her house as a kid, and her mom put on Grease for us. Game changer. Game changer. Take a while, guess who I want to be in Grease? Uh, the dude. No, not the dude, but 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 you're you're warm. Oh, uh, the. <laughs> The more like, I know. What's her name? She she used to like come to the diner near my school. My my friend, um, uh, Allie used to serve her 
all the time. Well, that doesn't break it everybody. Who who take a guess who I want it to be? Yeah, she in she lives in Nyack. Oh my god. Greece. I don't I don't honestly haven't seen the Describe the, what she looks like in your head. Red hair. Oh, not Frenchy. Not Frenchy. Oh, not Frenchy. Okay. But it it is a pink lady. It's the pink lady. Uh I don't know who. John Travolta? No, that's <sighs> hairspray, right? Whoa. Okay, so we're watching Grease tonight. Great. Rizzo, clown. Wait. Now, you know I wanted to be Rizzo. I don't know any of these characters. Look at me. I'm Sandra D. You, you remember Rizzo? Sorry, I just Googled Rizzo. It says an Afro-Latina struggles with her identity as she <laughs> navigates the Hollywood machine. That's not the film you're talking <laughs> no. about, right? R-I-Z-Z-O. I want to be Rizzo. You know, her and Kaniki dated, and she was like the school slut. She also looked like she could have been like 40 years old playing a teenager. I mean, I think they all were, right? Oh, I'm typing How in. you doing, Zuko, baby? It's Greece, not in the country. Okay, got it. Rizzo. Yeah. You see her? Okay, so Annie. Betty Rizzo. Riz- Nobody called her Betty. Annie Rizzo. And then final this this is this is the movie that really like it's really solidified for me that i could be a somebody right are you listening are you just looking at pictures of frenchy i'm listening it was cinderella with moesha well with brandy oh yeah and whitney yeah of course that was when i was like wait you got me fucked up black people can do this (laughs) of course that was the day that my soul was ensouled I was like, I'm going to be a star. Now, do I want to tell young Amber that all she ended up doing was singing to plants? No, I'm not going to tell her that. But it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, couple couple things. Uh, let's, you know, go ahead and jump into our size. What's the size? Uh, so, okay, I fucking hate these kinds of people, but I Ooh. hate, I was so triggered watching this film. I hate when people hear a word and they say, that's not a word. So, for example, when a big part of the plot is that 22 starts to discover that she actually really loves life. And this whole time she's been trying to avoid going to Earth. And so she's finally on Earth and she really loves it. And she's like, I'm jazzing. And Joe's like, jazzing's not a word. I'm like, I fucking hate motherfuckers who do that. I hate these people who say words. That word is made up. All words are made up, motherfucker. And actually the fact that this person... You know, and they do this to like black kids all the time or like mm-hmm. English language learners all the time because that's what, you know, that's what people do. It's like they black, black people, black culture, they create all our slang and all our lingo. And I've heard teachers like use proper English. I'm like, fuck off. Like, that's racist. Yeah. And also you're stifling creativity. Anyway, super triggered by that. I correct you mispronouncing words. Uh, I think, yeah, whatever. Like, fuck. I mean, is it making up words that you don't like or mispronounce? I think when people say that's a made up word, I'm like, that's fine. Like, especially when little kids, they'll like, they'll actually say something like jazzing or they'll throw, they'll throw an ending to something. And it's funny. It's creative. It's um, expressive. It's, uh, you know, it has soul when, yeah. (laughs) Uh, and uh, yeah, anyway, so that's a, a, not a sigh of the film, but eventually what happens is that uh, Joe ends up accepting that word. And, and so at one point he's like, you know, jazzing is not a word. But then at the end he tells 22, like, you're pretty great at jazzing. Like he learns yeah. to accept that word. And I thought that was a really nice touch. I don't mind when people, uh, I, I, I hate when I, I don't know, the internet does not give people any room to make 
spoken or spelt out mistakes. Like, like I feel, I feel like what I see a lot of the time on TV and stuff is people being like, I would never date a man that doesn't know the, 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 your, your, and your differences. And it's like, cares yeah. <laughs> i mean it's annoying but like what's it, what's it to correct somebody and be like actually it's you apostrophe re like it's you wouldn't date somebody I, I don't know it's just like that's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things yeah i guess it just depends on what was said i mean i've definitely talked to somebody who i was like oh you just asked me what that word meant instead of just looking it up but did it did i still smash yes you know yeah <laughs> Let me think about a side. At first, I wasn't super jazzed about. Um, I don't know. I wasn't jazzed about Tina Fey being the soul's voice. Yeah. But I mean, it's. I, I think in 2020, when I saw the film, it was just like in the thick of like the George Floyd protests and everything. I'm like, some little black kid could have been the voice of the soul, but yeah, you know. But it's, it, Jamie Foxx is the main voice actor. Like, well, they like, they sort of protect themselves. You know, their reasoning why Twenty Two chooses the voice of she like why they choose the voice of a white lady. Did you, did you catch that? She's like, I wanted to choose the voice that was the most annoying, so I chose a white lady's voice. Who said that? That's a line in the film. I don't remember that. Yeah, so she changes like early in the film. Twenty Two is changing their voice and. And Joe says, "Like, why do you sound the like a like a middle aged white woman?" It's like, "Well, I can change my voice like this." And then twenty two changes her voice like a million different times. And then she's like, "But I chose this one because it seems to be the most annoying." Oh, I, I, <laughs> I think was, I, I think I missed and that. I, I thought that was like a very like what you know protective kind yeah. of decision, and it it sort of. I mean, it wasn't super annoying. It, yeah. It's just kind of like. We we know t- well. You know who the breakout star of this film was was uh, Rachel House, who played. She was the woman who played Jerry. Mm, yeah. Um. I think she's from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I probably didn't do that right. You know, there's a difference between like the Australian and the New Zealand voice. But I remember as a voice actor when this movie first came out, every voice like over. Every voiceover description, because when you're a voice actor, they send you like who they mm-hmm. want you to sound like in a role. And I remember, I remember in 2020 seeing Rachel House's name on everything. Yeah. And then I would go play her voice. I'm like, now who the fuck can sound like her? It's, yeah. It's, it's and she's the grandma like, in Moana as well. Mm, yeah. It's like not only is it like uniquely a, a New Zealand accent, but it's it's so like beautiful and raspy and deep. Yeah. Like you, she actually kind of doesn't play a, a a woman in it you know, those little two dimensional figures. But I think her voice was the most like nice to hear, even though this character was supposed to be this like, you know, accountant abacus keeper or whatever. Um, So I don't know the soul, the soul could have been like a Kiki Palmer or something that would have been a little bit more fun, but I I was impressed about it. It it, it wasn't, it it was a really well done film. You you said Joe should have, should have died. Yeah, I thought maybe Joe should have died um, to sort of Cold. make that sacrifice a little bit more intense. At the end, you know, he, he he's supposed to have died, and he's sort of using 22 to get back to Earth, and then he realizes that, you Sometimes know... Sometimes you got to use these yeah. motherfuckers. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so anyway. was awesome. We're just, we're just shooting the shit now. Do you think I have passion? You do. But you we, don't we think gotta I have We got to wrap up soul? the show. 
my thing starts at 6 30 yes six ben is gonna be performing tonight doing yeah. some improv i'll try to get some clips for okay. patreon awesome all right I, I gotta go shower well ben with that being said why don't you warp up the show and then we're gonna rain yeah. the shower all right in conclusion uh soul is an absolutely delightful film it's a great uh questioning film on insolment on what it means to be you your most authentic self and it's also just about living in the moment and not trying to always have to be productive and just just live life not quite thanks ben all right Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Sci Podcast. Up next for episode 77, we will be watching Master. It's on Amazon Prime, and it is directed by Mariana Diallo. Mariana Diallo. Uh, uh, Sis, I hope I say, I'm saying your name right. Uh, but it's also starring Regina Hall. So be sure to check out Master on Amazon Prime, and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all. Baby, it's cold outside. And you know that winter weather can leave your skin feeling ashy, crusty, dry. So what's the solution? Quench your thirsty skin and leave it feeling satin smooth with Way Melrose Place Body Cream. It's fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it the most, hydration that lasts and prevents dryness, and high quality nourishing ingredients like squalane, coconut oil, kapwaku butter, and jojoba seed oil. Experience the new way Melrose Place body cream and body cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, it's in the episode notes, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with code BELIEVE. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.